This is a Balanced Brain Podcast with your hosts, Melanie Nicholson and Sean Clift. Hey, welcome back to the Balanced Brain Podcast. My name's Sean Clift. I'm here with my long-term friend and colleague, Melanie Nicholson. Melanie, great to catch up again. How are you? Good, thanks, Sean. It's been ages since we caught up. Yeah. <laughs> well, how long was it? Probably, what, half an hour ago? Half an hour ago. There you go. So, um, what an episode we got because we got our first guest. Oh, it's very exciting. Oh, I'm so excited. Already. <clears throat> I'm really nervous. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's our first guest. Number two, girl I went to school with, well... She went to the girls' school across the road from the boys' school, but we we did a couple of things together, didn't we? we played we in the orchestra together. We had fun. So it's been since 1993 since I was senior, and it's Crazy. so good to see you, Sherelle Patterson. Welcome to the Balanced Brain Podcast. Thank you so much Welcome for inviting Sherelle. me. It's um, really lovely to be here. I reached out to you on Facebook because um, I saw that you got laid off a yeah. year ago. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> so yeah. a year ago, you got laid off. Yeah, pretty much. How so, did that feel? Um, yeah, not great. Um, pretty surreal. A little bit scary. Uh, I mean, stood down, which is sort of similar, but it gives you the little bit of hope that one day you'll get your job back. But still, essentially, you know, you get told that tomorrow there's no work for you. So yeah, it was. So, it's, so it's how cool. how did that happen? How quick was it? So, yeah, well, I'm an international flight attendant with Qantas. Yep. So, um, obviously, with the COVID situation, work pretty much stopped overnight. I um, actually kind of started off about a year, almost a year ago to the day. But um, a couple of months before that, I had worked on the charter flight that uh, Qantas did that went to Wuhan to pick up. Oh, uh, yeah, really? Wow. Okay, so, that was, yeah. so initially, that was a big deal. the first lockdown was. Yeah. Like well, yeah. yeah. And so nothing had really happened in Queen, in Australia, not just mm. Queensland. At that stage, we hadn't even had a case. Nothing had happened at that stage. Um, but it was, it was, we still knew something serious was happening. You know, we got on that flight and it was, we had the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade guys on the aircraft Were you and the scared? Ausmat team. Because that then, no one knew what really was know. going on. Not until we kind of landed into Wuhan and it was just so surreal landing into an airport and there being absolutely no other aircraft traffic on the ground. Oh, wow. the, it was like a ghost town. So that was kind of the moment where we started to think, wow, this is actually a pretty big deal because yeah. as I said, until that point, we'd been very far removed from it in Australia. How, how did you get that job? Um, it was did just something people put their it? hands up for. You said, yeah, yeah, take me there. Yeah. Like, how did you um, Take me to the plane. A lot of people ask me that same question. I was on, um, I won't go into all the details, but I was on what they call a standby roster at the time. So um, I hadn't been rostered specific trips for that two-month period. It was all just on-call stuff. So you're kind of a pool of people that are there in case others go sick or whatever. So um, they asked for volunteers and I thought, well, I'm on standby anyway and at least that gives me some, you know, definite confirmed trips. And we still didn't really know what to expect. But so, yeah, we did that flight and um, it was it was really surreal because we landed into um, Learmonth in Perth and all of the uh, passengers got off the aircraft and taken off family by family and put on a bus and taken into, you know, quarantine sites Already and all the rest of it. Already quarantine, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was so... It was surreal. And then fast forward a couple of weeks from that, and then I actually worked on the charter flight that went to Tokyo to pick up the Diamond Princess passengers. Oh, dear, I did. Yeah. 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 And that's That's when it kind of got more real because 
on that flight, you know, that cruise ship had catered to a lot of retirees. So it was like having a whole aircraft full of your grandparents. Mm. Yep. And a lot of people had left partners behind in Japan who were either symptomatic or had potential symptoms. Um, and they'd made the decision for one of, the, one of them to come home and the other one to stay either on the ship yep. or in hospital. And so that was a really emotional takeoff. So at that stage... It was really scary. Mm. Yeah, and it, but that's when it kind of became real because um, we ended up, and really sad actually, but one of the passengers on that flight ended up being the first Australian to die from oh, COVID. I, actually, I wow. think I remember okay. that. Was, yeah. was that the professor? Or he the, was an older yeah, gentleman. An older gentleman. Yeah. Um, and I, he got a little bit symptomatic on the flight, so they isolated him immediately. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously we were all very well taken care of, so we didn't fear for our own health or anything. But I saw him a couple of times and it wasn't until it came out on the news yeah. and his photo popped up and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, that was that man on the plane. Yeah. And that's when it started to become scary Yeah. Um, because we were still sort of doing some international flying at the time, but things hadn't completely shut down. But um, following that flight, I only did one more flight, which was mm -hmm. just a day trip to Auckland and back and landed in from that one. And it was pretty much all over from there. And you get the news that you so stood you, down from yeah. your job. How, and how do you find out? Uh, oh, well, I mean, it was, it, oh, I, to be honest, I can't even remember the specific thing that we were told, but at that t stage, we were in constant communication with our office and they were holding, you know, daily conference yeah. calls that everybody could dial into from their homes. And they were giving us all the latest updated information and, uh, everything that was being uh, sent out from the government in terms of border closures and all that stuff. And, you know, cause it starts off, you can't go to this place and now you can't go to this place. And then all of a sudden we're closing our international borders and. You were all there. There is no flying, um, so it was. It was crazy at the time. Very surreal, and I think mm. it's still a part of it that still is, yes. even though we're a year yeah. into it. There's still times when I think, "Gosh, I can't believe it's been a year since I stood on yeah. a, a stepped foot on an aircraft," and I'm uh, we've got no sort of end in sight really at this stage. And so most days it still doesn't feel real. I still kind mm. of feel like I'm on a little bit of an extended holiday. Like, yeah. But the worst holiday I've ever been on. <laughs> I don't know. It's um. Hey, come on, Brisbane's not that I bad. I love it. Look, yeah. hey, there's so many. It's there great. We've got a river. <laughs> That's right. So, what did you end up doing then? Once you found out that you were stood down, yeah. How, then what happened after? So, I mean, I was in a very fortunate position. Um, a long time ago, before flying, not long after I saw Sean for the last time, I was a primary school teacher. And so I did that for one year and I spent a lot of time working overseas after that. And thank goodness I've always kept my teacher registration current and right. my credentials up to date. And I've always done a bit of relief teaching around Brisbane. Even during flying, I was kind of teaching one or two days a month just to kind of keep my name in a couple of schools, keep myself known. Um, so, yeah, as soon as we got stood down, <clears throat> I just reached out to a couple of um, principals that I do a lot of work for and just said, look, you know, this is the situation. They already knew because it was yeah, all over the news, news. All the, everything that was going on. And um, I just said, look, any extra work that you can throw my way, obviously I'm available five days a week now as opposed to a couple of days a month. And the two couple of schools that I do most of my work at couldn't have been more amazing. The work just started flooding in and I was very, very lucky. Um I mean, I'm in a position where I'm a single person with no children, so I didn't have the added stress of worrying about having to support other people. But there's a lot of people that I work with that, you know, I work with a lot of single parents yeah. and a lot of, you know, people who all of a sudden they don't know where 
the next paycheck is coming from yeah. and they've got school fees to pay for and food for the kids and all of that stuff. So I'm so fortunate that I didn't have that added stress, but everybody was just scrambling to start finding work. And it was, um, to be honest, it brought out the best in the people. I mean, the flight attendants are a really amazing group of people and we're all very close. Yeah. I think it comes with the environment that you work in. But um, everybody just banded together and all these Facebook pages popped up about job postings and everybody was sharing job postings and then someone else would share um, the fact that they used to write resumes professionally and if you want me to help you, let me do that and I can show you how to write a cover letter and everybody just sort of pulled together and um, Woolworths were amazing. They instantly took, I think, I think every Woolworths store took on five Qantas crew. Yeah, wow. That was right because that was at the that. height of like yeah. toilet paper Crazy person, the toilet, toilet, toilet paper. paper. They needed the great they toilet, toilet paper, paper crisis of twenty twenty. That's right. I actually read something funny today. It was a meme, I think, and it said March twenty twenty one, just like March twenty twenty, but now we have toilet yes. paper. Oh, yeah, right. life's um, way better. So yeah, heaps yeah. of people ended up going to Woolies and getting jobs there, yeah. which was fantastic. And everybody's just been. We've, we've been, for the most part, really lucky. Everybody's been has just sort of found something else to yeah. slip into, um, and. Oh, yeah, you just do what you've got to do. <laughs> you know, Sherelle, over the years I've been having a, looking at your Facebook posts every now and again and thinking, what, the, man, this girl, she, <laughs> I, I don't remember her being like that at school. She's, <laughs> she played the flute in the orchestra <laughs> and now she's this international glamour, glamour life oh, living gosh. in the Bahamas and units <laughs> in Miami and parties oh. and champagne. What yeah, was well, because like? we always put the mediocre stuff on. Yeah, of course. I mean, we but, never just put living our best life out. But, but that, that must have been typical. Yeah. Had had been grounded. Yeah, so like that. you know that that what was that that must have been a big sort of yeah. sense of your identity. I did being... sixteen years on cruise ships and yeah. then came back to Australia, and um, I've been with Qantas since October or September October of twenty sixteen. So it's not been too long. But, I mean, that was the thing coming back from ships. I thought to myself, what do I do now? And going back to full-time teaching was never something that really appealed to me. So I wanted a job that gave me that similar lifestyle to to ships with the travel and and being in a different place every day and working with sort of similar-minded people. Um, But I wanted to be home. I didn't want to do an eight-month ship contract. You know, I wanted to have a home base and spend more time with family. And so being a flight attendant was always something that that appealed to me. And, yeah, so I came home from ships and – like I was saying to you guys earlier, the stars kind of just aligned and Qantas were hiring at the time because it's a really competitive it's job to get into, yeah. um, especially flying internationally and especially being in Brisbane. When I when I first um, applied, there were only positions in Sydney and I thought, oh, well, a change of scenery. And I went to the interview in Sydney and on that day they said, actually, we need people in Brisbane. So if that would be your first preference. And so it was just like everything worked out perfectly. And it's um, it's it's been it's been so nice to have that similar lifestyle to ships where every day I'm going to a new place and every day I work with new people, but now I get to come home and I get to have a home base and there are days off and I'm not gone for months at a time. Um, But yeah, it was a real shock to the system to come home after that last trip and think to myself, well, I may as well chuck my suitcase under the bed or in a closet. Mm. I don't need to leave it in the doorway anymore because I'm not using it every day. And um, I think the first couple of months was a, a, a bit of um, an adjustment because you are so used to always yes, to being always be somewhere. Or coming out. Uh, but as time goes on, look, as much as oh, it's flying is a job you do because you love it. You don't yeah. do it because it's super high paying or it gives you an amazing work-life balance. You do it because you love that yes. lifestyle. And um, 
but you sacrifice a lot. So it's been really nice actually, as much as we all miss working in that amazing job that we loved and we're so lucky to have. Now I get to be home every weekend and you know, if someone says that they've got a barbecue or a birthday party and it's next Saturday or three weeks on Saturday, I already know straight away, well, I'm not out of the country. I'm, I know I'm going to be in Australia. So that's been a really nice change. I mean, Christmas, I knew without a doubt that I was going to be able to have Christmas with my family because I wasn't going to be away because yes. I've been away for the last few Christmases. So um, there's certainly been bonuses to being grounded for a little while. Um and doing the Monday to Friday kind of thing. It's been, uh, it's been great. Not that I think I want to do it forever, but it's been a lovely, it's been a really nice time for me to spend more time with family and friends, get my backside to the gym more regularly. Yeah. And yeah, just overall feel a lot more healthy, I guess, because I'm not you know, jet lagged and tired. So tell us, it's a big, been a big transition for you, a big change. What's some of the things that have helped you? What's helped you? What have you done That's, that, that you could give advice? People going through you know, a changing period, a big change in career, a big change in job, a big change in lifestyle. Yeah. How have you done it? Exciting, like that is yeah. a glamorous role. Yeah, it is. And teaching is a very noble profession, but it is a big change. <laughs> yeah, like that's a really the excitement of travelling and yeah, not that it, that the reality of of the role is probably not what it always portrayed to be but that that's a big change from being cosmopolitan and, and traveling yeah to being yeah teaching and so yeah yeah I mean it's to be honest I think one of the things that's been the biggest help has been just talking to other flying friends and it's been really nice to share experiences um of what people are now doing I've got yeah. a girlfriend who uh, joined the army reserves and you know she's been away on these crazy training camps and you know camping out in the middle of nowhere for weeks at a time and um, uh, you know, we've got friends working in all sorts of crazy jobs. Yeah. Um, and so it's been really lovely to get together, which we tr we have done a couple of times. Okay, so you still got um, that relationship with yeah, your Yeah, I organised our big Qantas Christmas party in Brisbane last year, which we had not far from where we're recording today, actually. And um, it was lovely to get everybody together and to just share all those experiences that we have and to be around people that know what it's like for your life to kind yeah. of come to a screaming halt and to not have the certainty of what, what's going to happen next. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing has just been talking to people and, and sharing those experiences and just being open to stuff, you know, over the Christmas holidays, being a relief troop where I don't work in the hot school holidays, obviously, and I certainly don't get paid in the school holidays. So Christmas holidays were coming up and I was thinking, gosh, it'd probably be a smart idea to find some sort of work just to keep some money coming in over the holidays and I ended up working at Costco over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. A place I never expected to work that, at. That's a radical change. The, yes. the social coordinator on a cruise ship to yeah. What were you doing at Costco? I was doing refunds and membership. The very what? exciting. A, a very vital <laughs> yes. position. And, and I absolutely loved it. Really? Yeah. What, 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 why? What was I've so good never about? worked in a retail job, not even during high school. I, um, I think I, oh, my dad was a real estate agent back when I was in high school. And so I used to help clean display homes. That was sort of my high school job. So I was never one of those kids that worked at McDonald's or, I don't know, got to use a cash register. I found that really exciting. I don't know, to just, I, don't, I used to get a real kick out of people coming and paying cash because I've never used a cash register yeah, okay. before. So that was something really fun. And I don't know, just to, I had to buy my first pair of steel cat boots. So that was another thing that was you know, add that to the list of things I never thought I'd yeah, do. Yeah, there's something you never thought you'd wear. Steel yeah, yeah. so, you know, got my first pair of steel caps and used cash register and it was just something that I had never done before 
and I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to do it again, but it was just so nice to have that experience. Yeah. And I was lucky again and a job that I was lucky enough to get working with people who are really fun, lovely people who I never would have had, had the chance to meet if it wasn't for this, you know. So you put that down to, pandemic. you know, that, that could have been, um, you know, a really lousy experience for you if you went into it well, with yeah, the wrong attitude. Yeah, yeah. So what, what's the attitude you took to it? That I, I, don't, I don't know if it was, it was if it was that I knew deep down I wasn't going to be there forever. But honestly, when my because it was a Christmas sort of casual position, when my time came to an end there, I was actually really sad to leave. And they they asked me if I wanted if I would be willing to stay. And if I could have made it work, I probably would have. But okay. unfortunately, I could. They don't do casual positions there. It was part time or full time, and I think part time is twenty four hours a week. And to do that with the teaching, I just couldn't commit. And I had to sort of be a bit selfish. And the teaching paid better and I had to you know obviously yes. my, that's where my priority had to be and so um I had to to give it a miss but um I, I just loved it there and it's funny because I think from the first day that I was there everybody just knew of me as the flight attendant <laughs> did, <laughs> so, yeah. did you feel like you had to say well this is what's happened to me and did you have I'm not ego, but when you went into the Costco job, did you feel like you had to justify, I'm like, oh, I've been let off from the airline? Oh, only time I felt like that was, I think, when people, because I ran into people that I knew that came in, and I wasn't ashamed to work there, but it was just funny. It was actually, the funniest was when kids would come in from the school that I do most of my relief work oh. at. <laughs> And so I'd be standing at the Costco desk and the kids would be there with their parents. And so they're looking at me and as they're walking out, hi, Miss Patterson. <laughs> and then that was the okay part. But then it's their parents, parents. who are looking at me going, how do you know yeah. my child, <laughs> lady behind the Costco you can't counter, go to Costco without us. who my children are calling by name. I don't, and so when you say to them, oh, I'm a teacher at the school, yeah. and then they say, oh, if you're a teacher, why are you here? And then you've got to go through the, oh, I am a flight attendant, but I don't know, and that. Yeah. And so they that were they were always pretty funny moments. The kids would be like, "Oh, it's Miss Patterson," you know. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, it was just fun for me. It was a new experience, something that I knew I'd never probably have the chance to do again. And yeah. uh, I really what's well, a great attitude to take? It. Mm, yeah, you know, well, something to really take from. You're going to go into something, make it fun. Well, and that's right. Give it your best go. That's exactly right. It's just been, and then, and that's kind of been the year. It's been um, and I guess there's been so many things that have been that have made the year a lot more pleasant than it could have been. I mean, we've been so grateful for the whole JobKeeper initiative that has taken a lot of the pressure off people yes. in our industry. Yeah. I think if we didn't, if we hadn't have had that for this entire time, um, the situation might be a lot different and maybe my attitude wouldn't be as good because I don't, thankfully because of that, I'm not having to work as yeah. much and as I possibly would. Care of and yeah. And so... Um, I think now knowing that that is potentially coming to an end, that that could be starting to add some pressure to people. And because I think it's hard too, you know, employers don't want to hire somebody permanently who they know is a flight attendant and they're not silly. Yeah, that's they a know really good point. You're, yeah, you are going to leave in six months probably. Yeah, you know? that's a very yeah. good so, point. So um, it's fortunately the position that I'm in now is as a relief teacher, it's a casual role yes. anyway, which yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it kind of has its own 
challenges anyway because I can start every week with no days booked in and I think gosh is any work going to come in this week and it always does every yeah. week is busy but it's always that little bit of anxiety on a Sunday night if you've got nothing booked in for the week you're thinking yeah. gosh what's am I going to work this week is it but the interesting thing is you, you still don't have a definite time frame I mean that they keep changing all the time when possibly we could fly and when borders mm. open it, it actually changes I think every fortnight it's going to be it October and then it was going to be next year so how is that feel like is there a feeling of being out of control with un, you know, knowing where that's going or what would you like to do if that continues for another 12 months? Would you take more steps to take control of that a bit more? Or yeah, well, it's, it definitely has of, you know, felt like we're all a bit in limbo and, you know, it sort of got to halfway through last year and there was a couple of schools that offered me permanent positions for the second half of the year. And I definitely gave that some thought. But at that stage, everyone was saying, oh, you know, it's at the end of this year, at the end of this year. And I was realistic and I didn't see myself being on an aircraft at all last year. But I also didn't want to, especially, you know, with a job like teaching, I don't want to go into a classroom and commit to being with those kids for six months, only to spend three months with them and then disappear and have another person come into their lives. It's not fair. Um, So I just didn't want to commit to that. And thankfully, the work was rolling in and it was all really good. So now I, you know, I can keep, we'll just say, I do feel like I'm in limbo because you, we just don't know. Yeah. We know it eventually will come back. Um, but even with the latest predictions saying that, you know, international flying will start again in October, yeah, it might start again in October, but that doesn't mean that every international flight attendant is going to yeah, get back to work to in that October. It's going to take a really long time. Because no, even if people are allowed over. to fly, oh, people right. are going to want to fly. Exactly, 100%. I mean, that's it. You know, and... and, and Qantas has come out and said that they don't anticipate us being back to pre-COVID flying capacity until 2024. Wow. So that's a long time. So from October this year until 2024, that's going to just be a period of building and building and building. And as more flights go back online, more crew will um, be stood up. But who knows how long that's going to take. So... Oh, it's, a, it's hard. There are days when I think maybe I need to probably knuckle down and just find something permanent. And, yeah. But oh, what do you do? Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm still fortunate enough because the teaching has become so regular and I'm getting plenty of work. I don't feel the pressure on me yet to have to find that sort of permanent, you commit to a permanent sort of a job. But I, I, like you said, every day it changes. So yes. it's it's a really, it's tough. It's, it's tough, but it's... Um, there's certainly people that are in much more difficult positions than me. So I feel very, very grateful that I've had this job to be able to fall back into. Um, and like, yeah, very, I'm feeling, I feel really lucky to be honest. Yeah. Sure. What's your advice then for people that are going through a change, whether it's a change in career or a change in their circumstance, what, what, what's some of the lessons that you think you've learned? Oh, be open to do anything to be fair. I think, um, I never thought that I would have worked at Costco, not because I think I'm above that sort of job, but I just never thought that that was a job that I would have to take because I had a job and I, who would have ever imagined that we would be in this situation no, that we're in no, right now? Like, I think, as I was saying, even when I did that charter to Wuhan, we knew it was serious, but I don't think even at that time we 100% contemplated this situation. No. So I just think you've got to be open to things. Give give things a crack and don't be afraid to go outside of your comfort zone. If it's something that you, you uh, if there's an opportunity there that you don't think you'd be any good at or you don't think you have the skill set for, you don't know until you do it. So I think you've just got to be open to opportunities, um, approach things with an open mind and nothing is permanent. So if, if you are in a situation that you're not enjoying, 
well, use that time to find a situation or an opportunity that works better for you. I don't know. It's um, I think you've just got to be open and and willing to try anything. That's and... the theme of our podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and be adaptable. So, because you just don't know what what can happen. This is. 100% proof of that. You just don't know at any time. And try and find can... the fun, hey. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. That's got to be there. Well, and that's been the blessing now. I mean, actually, a halfway, it's funny. I'm halfway through this eight-week challenge at my gym, and I've, I've always, I've never committed to it when they've done it previously because, you know, you had to commit to a certain amount of visits in a week. And with the flying, there's often times when I'm away for a week at a time, and I just couldn't commit. And so this year when it came up, I was like, right, this is the year that I'm going to knuckle down and really, you know, focus on me, get fit, get healthy. And I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who would make any excuse to not go. But now <laughs> I'm going five or six days a week and I'm really proud of myself. And um, it changes every aspect of your life. Yes. Like, you know, when you feel better physically, it affects your mental health. It affects everything. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think just... Being happy and approaching things with a positive attitude is it's really huge. Not always easy, sometimes downright impossible, but it's you know, you've yeah. just got to give it a crack. So. I think that's excellent advice. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you you certainly seem like you're the person that's gonna take on anything with an element of fun and give anything a crack. Yeah. And I think that's some really great advice that you're giving there. Be open, get out of your comfort zone, give something a go, make it fun. Yeah. 100%. It's all about attitude, hey? Yes, yeah. it is. And open-mindedness. Open Sherelle, it's been so great to have you here. Thanks, I Sherelle. really, really appreciate you coming yeah, in. Yeah, it's been lovely to see and, you. Um, and it's been great to catch up. After so many years. Oh, it's so Gosh. long. <laughs> You know, God, you don't look like you're a day out of school. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's very kind of Well, I'm only 21. But listen, just... great, great chat. <laughs> I really wish you all the best for Thanks the future. Thanks so much. <laughs> I, I think you're going to be as good as gold no matter what you do. Oh, I think yeah, so. I think yeah. so too. And look, one day life will become, I mean, it's normal. This is the normal, I guess, now. Yeah. But it's it, it will, it'll come back and we'll look back on this time and it'll be an all too distant memory. But it'll be filled with some great memories of, you know, Christmases and birthdays that I would have normally missed I've been home for and, you know, get to know that I'm home every weekend, like I said, and, um, just taking a bit of time to look after me and it's um it's yeah it's been it's been really good deep down it's been really great so. fantastic yeah. well thanks again Sherelle. Oh, you're welcome um look we'd love to get your feedback on the show or any of our other episodes so we'll have some links in the show notes that you can get in touch with us through social media and our email so once again thanks Sherelle, for a fantastic um, interview and and it's been great, hasn't it? Yes, it been, has been. I'm not, I'm not nervous anymore. <laughs> I'm ready for another guest. So we'll Come see on. you all. Uh, well, you'll hear us all next on the next Balanced Brain podcast. Bye. Thank you.